Hey, it's Heidi Dawson, and this is Wednesday Wisdom, where I interview wildly successful people from across the world, where we get an inside view into what their daily life looks like. Success leaves clues, and on Wednesdays, we're finding them. Join me now for the latest wildly successful interview. Hi guys, welcome to the 95th episode of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. And it's Wednesday and I have the house whisperer with me today. (laughs) Her name is Amanda Gibby Peters and she is the voice and visionary of Simple Shui. Uh, We're going to talk all about all about feng shui and what it is. So if you're wondering, do not worry. We cover it. So she's been teaching feng shui techniques and tips for over a decade. She's written a book called Simple Shui for Every Day, which I love and you will love it too. But she has helped clients through her book, through her courses, and actually through one-on-one to transform their lives using feng shui. She's been called the Martha Stewart of Feng Shui, and she's been featured in Architectural Digest, My Domain, and many other places. I had so many questions for her today, and I think you're going to love her answers. She answered them beautifully, so let me introduce you to Amanda. Hi, Amanda. It is so nice to meet you. I'm so excited to be here, Heidi. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Well, I have to tell you, I don't think you understand how excited I am because I told you, I think that as an interior designer, I love the idea of feng shui and, but, and I'm going to tell myself here before we started recording, I said, am I saying that right? So for everybody out there that (laughs) is wondering, I did ask if it was feng shui because there's so many ways I've heard it pronounced. So I'm excited to talk to you about that because as a designer, it's huge in what we do, but we don't really study it all the time. So I've got all these questions um, and I'm I'm super excited about that. And you have this great book out called Simple Shui. Um, So tell us a little bit real quick, just before we get into the questions, what you do. So... Gosh, I mean, I've heard the word house whisperer sort of thrown around in um, the feng shui world. And I think that that's probably a really good way for people who are brand new to understand. Um, My job, my work involves going into a home and assessing how the surroundings are impacting and influencing the people who live there. Um, And sometimes that can be really visible things. So you've heard the phrase like, move your furniture, change your life. It can be something like that, but it can also be things that you're not even aware of, things that you don't necessarily notice. So it could be energetic, or it could be something to do with an arrangement in the house in terms of how the, the home is built, the architecture, mm-hmm. or even the lot that you live on. It could even be things that are happening in your surround, like outside your home, but in your environment, your neighborhood, the surroundings actually around your home. Wow. So it's taking in all of that information and then listening to what a client called me in for, whether it was challenges, you know, everything is going to hell in a handbasket, what do I do, to I really want to just get my feng shui on, you know, there's all sorts of reasons people reach out, but listening to what their objectives or challenges are, and then figuring out ways in the environment that we can either mitigate or enhance whatever it is we're working on. 
Okay. Wow. I love that so much because it's our home is, you know, so important when it comes to our happiness and our all over just being. I mean, it's a huge part of our life and I don't know that everyone realizes how much it is. So uh, before we get into some of that, because I, I, I know that I've got so many questions and you're just gonna be like, okay, that's a lot, but <laughs> let's start with this one because even though this isn't about feng shui it does have a little bit to do with it do you um morning routine do you have a morning routine that you could share with us i do i'm really big into rituals um i think rituals are a great way to bring yourself back to the present i think that they're a great way to um trigger your creativity um to trigger feelings when they feel out of reach. And so, yeah, I'm pretty um, committed to my morning routine. I usually wake up uh, about an hour before everyone else in my house. So that's somewhere between 5.36, I would say. Um, I need an hour of quiet a day. And in fact, this is gonna sound really strange, but when I get in bed at night, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> about that hour the next morning. <laughs> I love it. Does it have anything to do with the coffee? <laughs> it does, but I think it's like the house is just waking up too. Yeah. I get to start the coffee. I know I'm going to sit down. And so I, I journal, I gratitude journal, I forecast journal. Um, and what I have done this year is before going into any sort of worry or complaining or frustration, I do the gratitude first. It's almost like I have to get nine or 10 things down on the page. And then if I still have the energy to sort of dissect things, I will. But most of the time, by the time I'm done with that list, my energy is shifted. Um, and when I say forecast, sometimes it'll be things that I'm actually working on and what I want that outcome to be. And sometimes it'll be like just really wildly crazy goals that I'm just going to put on paper, you know, just start putting them, planting those seeds. Um, so that's kind of the, the morning ritual for me. And then I would say about 15 minutes, I read the news and that's it for me for the day. I'm a, I'm a speed reader, so I can get through quite a few um, sites, but I have my few, you know, the skim, I'll read Girl Boss, New York Times, you know, just whatever newsletters I've subscribed to, I read through those. And then I'm not tempted to scroll or follow threads or dive into the emails that show up during the middle of the day, you know, announcing catastrophe. It's like, I've gotten my dose and I know whatever I missed during the day, I'm gonna get the next morning. So it's really condensed. And then after that, sometimes, you know, my girls and I will go for a walk. Other times I'll just start the day. But yes, there's always coffee involved. <laughs> and then the other thing that I do is I light Palo Santo every day. I light Palo Santo every day and I just walk through my house and it's sort of that it's really brisk. It's not, it doesn't take long, but it's that okay, moment. Say that, that again. You. So I like Palo Santo, you know, the, it's like a, it's a holy wood. It's from Peru. Okay. And, um, I don't know this. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm learning something. Yes. So I'm writing that. So you were, you, you said that. So like, like it was just, everyone does it. And I'm going, I'm, I'm going to have to ask what that is. <laughs> No, I'm glad that you did. Um, and there's a lot of conversation right now about some of those um, smoke clearing uh, medicines, you know, sage. Is it, um, like, just, um, is it uh, incense then? Or? It's not incense. It's a little bit thicker piece of wood. 
um, and you light it and you kind of let it burn for a minute so that the, you know, the fire can get, like the wood can get hot and then it smolders. And so it's okay. just a, it's just a daily smoke clearing. I've been doing it for years. Palo um, Santo. Yeah, Palo Santo. It's P-A-L-O-S-A-N-T-O, two words. Okay, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, and in fact, in the show notes too. So everyone that if you're interested, I'll I'll, I'll throw it in there so that you can. Look yeah, and if you are looking for, in fact, I was just doing. I was having a conversation with one of the people that I've worked with for years. She's my supplier, uh, Smudged. Um, dot co. Great, great site because a lot of people will be like, well, where do I get it? <laughs> okay, Smudge.co. I'll put that. Okay, I will put that in the show notes. So interesting. I want to go back to one thing real quick about your rituals and your morning routines that I really, really love, and I hadn't really heard this before, is that um, your 15-minute news. Um, mm -hmm. Do you set a timer for that? No, I just know how long it's going to take me to okay. get through. Like I've, you know, like everybody at the beginning of this year when things started to be in a free fall, it was yeah. like it was so consuming. And yeah. so what I did was I very intentionally, before that, I think I just subscribed to like the skim in the New York Times, like, you know, just their morning newsletters. I had a few others that I added to it and I just thought this is, this is going to be the bulk of it. This is okay. what I'm going to, um, this is where I'm going to pull the patterns. You know, I just look, okay, what's the most important it's going to show up in all the spaces versus what's opinion. Like, I'm not going to worry for the sake of worrying. <laughs> right. Let's, let's not do that. Okay. I like that. I mean, I think that it does take out the element of, like you said, you know, you think you're missing out because I, I tend to think, Oh, well, I have to stay up to date, but really why? I mean, do you really need to? I mean, honestly. So, so then if you do 15 minutes, you just go, okay, all right, here's the state of the world. I can't affect change in that area. So now I'm going to move on to the rest of my day where I can affect change. Okay. I like that. I just, and the other thing too, is it's for me, I think it's just great to have, um, you know, a pulse on what people are dealing with because oh, when I go into homes where people don't have like restrictions around media, it's good to know what people are chewing on. <laughs> it's sure. good to know what I'm asking them to step away from because one of the things that, people do not consider enough is the quality of energy they allow in their home. So, you know, people will think, well, you know, um, like we're, we're good people, quote unquote, right? Like we don't make any bad choices. And I agree. I mean, most people are, but then you just start letting information come in through your computer, through your TV, through your shows, through, you know, whatever it is. And that now lives in your space too. And so after a while, if you're not doing energetic cleansing, if you're not paying attention to, you know, how much of that you're consuming, that starts to affect how you feel in your space. And I think that that's going to be a conversation you'll hear more and more in the coming years, because Absolutely. I think everyone being home, they're starting to realize, whoa, how I feel in my space is affecting my behaviors and my moods, which are impacting my choices. You know, so now we're having to look up a little more than we did before. Like, what am I making me feel this way? So true. I, I've actually got goosebumps when you were talking about that, because I, I've, I say that a lot, like, just don't, 
focus on the negatives. Don't focus on the news. Don't put, you can't, if you can't change it and you're not going to do anything to change things, then why would you focus on it? Because it just, it really does. I mean, I can feel my anxiety going up, 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 up when I'm reading something that is stressful. And most of the time they're the only reason it's on the news is because it's stressful. It's getting your attention and then you're filling your house with that. So, I mean, I know people, I have clients where I go in and they have the news on all day and I'm just like, okay, as a design element, you know, that is stress. That's stress. You're pulling stress into the house 24 seven. And I think I love that you said that. And I like the idea of the 15 minutes. So yeah, let me say this too. The other way I would look at it for people is to say, just imagine everyone is a guest in your home. Who would you really have sit down at the kitchen table with you? And that's right. You can go to books and magazines and everything that you just allow casually take up space, whether it's energetically or physically. That's a really great way to look at that. I really like that a lot because, you know, sometimes you think even the movies you watch, you know, it's like, would you want that energy? I mean, really, would you want that energy in your house? Because sometimes you go to bed and you're feeling kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. You know, uh, Maya Angelou said years and years ago, and I'm I'm not going to get the quote exact, but she just said, you know, we don't have the tools to measure energy yet, but you know, they are, you know, they're, your words have energy and they get into your furniture, they get into your walls, they get into, you know, the fabrics, and then they eventually get into you. And so again, even though you might not be the person saying them, if it's the news, if it's the Mm -hmm. of TV, if it's, you know, whatever that media intake, the video games or the constant scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, whatever it is, it's all making a deposit in your space, which eventually withdraws your energy, if that makes sense. Like it's something. Totally makes sense. Okay. So then just because I didn't clarify this right out of the gate, you kind of told us what feng shui is, but yeah. can you give us sort of just a layman's terms, you know, cause not everybody understands or even has heard of some people haven't heard of it. So what is feng shui to you? Like what for a layman's terms? Yeah. So the simplest definition I have is that it is a body of wisdom. You know, feng shui has been around for thousands of years. So it's this body of wisdom that really understands how your surroundings are impacting and influencing your well-being. Um, and when you translate feng shui, literally, it means wind, water, wind represents energy water represents fortune and so when you are in the practice of feng shui the only thing you're seeking to do is to align yourself with the energy of fortune okay that is it you know people think that it's you know woo or a design trend or it's anti-religion or it's witchcraft and it's it's none of those things it's none of those things it's actually a lot of common sense and if you dig into spaces and places and people who actually understand and have studied this you will see that you know a lot of uh, magazines take it and run with it. Here are 10 things to do and, and they cheapen it, but there's actually so much common sense and science mm-hmm. that now backs up feng shui. Um, and people, you know, for me, I am a friend of logic. I'm very cerebral and there's no way I could do this if I didn't have over a decade's worth of it seeing how it changes people's lives. 
Absolutely. I was just, I was talking to um, uh, one of like a producer yesterday and he was actually, he's a photographer as well. And he was telling me, I was telling him about this interview because that's how excited I'm just telling everyone <laughs> because I really do love the idea and the thought of feng shui in the home and how it affects us. But he, he was telling me that he was in Asia and there was a bridge that was having like so many accidents every week. And so they had a feng shui um, expert like yourself come in and, and say, what is going on here? And so they, he came up with this idea and they painted this huge dragon on the bridge. And do you know that they haven't had any accidents since they did that? It, I know. It, it is like when I came to feng shui, I was very much the skeptic and I thought there is no way this sounds so ridiculous. And what is fascinating is that even in that resistance, things start happening. So you call it coincidental, right? <laughs> After a while, you're like, there are too many coincidences here. Yeah. Like there's okay, something. <laughs> if you're smart, you're going to be like, wait, something's up. I need to get this. Um, there's something to this. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And you know, I have, I've been studying this and practicing it for 15 years and I will tell you it is the science backs it up, but you know, mm -hmm. feng shui was there first. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. It's, it's in it, you know, and I feel like as an interior designer and when I, you know, look and read the books and all that good stuff, I do feel like some of my design, I do feel like is innate to that. Yeah. Like, some of the things, like you said, it's, I feel like I do that innately. Um, but then I read other things and I'm like, oh, you know, that I didn't think about that. But some things you cannot control, like the fa the way your home faces, if you fa have a house that you bought that faces the wrong direction or whatever. Right. And I don't, I don't get into, you know, I've been trained in several different approaches to feng shui, but any of them that are going to fertilize people's fear, I tend to not engage too much in because I have found, again, through my own practice, that if I tell someone 99 wonderful things about their home and then the one challenge say, like it's not facing your power direction, that's all they hear. Yeah. And you can't do anything about that. <laughs> and honestly, there are too many energetic practices um, available and you know, really worth having conversations about. But I would never dare say like feng shui is the only one or that feng shui is somehow an inoculation. Feng shui is not going to give you a perfect life. It's not going to spare you from your challenges. What it is going to do is soften some of those hard edges. It's going to allow you to move through situations with a little more grace. And it's certainly going to support and encourage you. I love that. It's so true. And, you know, I, I think that we do in a way live in a similar universe um because you you say on your website i read that you said finding you find the sweet spot between home improvement and self-improvement and i love both of those those both of those are areas of passion for me uh, and I'm, I'm a big believer in your environment playing a just a huge role in your overall happiness um so can you speak to that a little bit the idea of the home improvement and self-improvement how they you marry them yeah. So when people ask me for my feng shui rules, I don't have any because every home is different. Every person is different challenges, experiences, all of it. Okay. But if I had to distill it down, I would say everything is energy. Everything is connected and everything is always changing. So when you look at everything is energy and everything is connected, it means that your house is alive 
It's mm -hmm. a breathing, living partner of yours and you are connected to it. So you cannot change your house and not be better for it. And likewise, you're not going to go through any sort of transformation and your house not reflect it. Right. Wow. So a really good example I give is when people choose to make healthier choices, mm -hmm. what happens, what they put in their pantries, what they put in their refrigerators change, you know, they spend a little more money on maybe workout attire. Um, you know, they're taking care of their space a little differently, right? Like mm -hmm. your house is always reflecting at you at, you know, any given moment where you are. So if you can almost think metaphorically, you could take that and walk through your house and say, okay, what is my house reflecting right now? And is there an opportunity to change it so that that's the information coming back to me? Right. So right. when I'm feeling kind of like, sometimes, you know, I'll go shake out the rugs or I'll, you know, judge the cushions or, you know, I'll move mm -hmm. things around so that I see things differently. Like these are all very simple ways to interact with your environment so that you get that energy, you get that reciprocation. Yeah. So, so then as far as things in your home, you were saying like your, um, your home is alive and ever changing. I don't keep, I, I always do fresh flowers and fresh greenery. I have one plant that a very dear friend of mine and a client of mine sent to me as a gift. And it's a, um, it's a little tree, you know? And so I talk to, I, I water it. I have to water it every two days. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I talk to it and I'm like, I tell it, I love it. Is that crazy or is that? No. In fact, um, I love that. I love talking. It's been proven that it actually helps them live longer, live better, live, you know, thrive. So That's yes, right. there is a lot of, there's a lot to back that up, but here's what I tell people. Instead of looking at your house as like this project or to-do list or whatever, like, let's just switch that for a second your house is going to outlive you. Yeah, so instead right. of you thinking that, you know, it's part of your life, you're actually part of its life. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. And so, you know, just as someone who wants to be a good steward of life, someone who's raising kids, you know, my, one of my objectives is to really reinforce this idea of leaving a place better than you found it. Okay. And it's the same thing with our homes. And the minute that you get, again, that your home is this living, breathing partner that it wants to help you and you start making, you know, gentle gestures towards it, like buying the flowers, sweeping the porch, taking care of the things that you feel are burdensome, right? It's going to pay you back tenfold. Like you will never do anything in your space and not receive you know, return on that investment. So true. It's so true. And you know, my, my husband and I were sitting in our space that we, where we drink coffee and right now, because you know, the holidays and everything, you know, you have a little more around than we normally do. And I said to him, I was like, I, I feel anxious about the things that we kind of have and it, and it's not clutter. It's just more, right. more things in the house. And he agreed. He was like, I feel the same way. And we both, because we normally do not have a lot of clutter in our house at all. So um, it does affect you and it affects the way your thoughts about coming home. If you, if your home is clean, your bed is made, you have, you know, I think fresh flowers or whatever. Um, and you come you're, you know, you're coming home to that it's, it's a relief rather than 
a stressor? Yeah, I think a lot of people up until 2020, um, you know, because these are things that, I mean, I've been talking about forever. I've been, I have my, I think my first blog post went up in 2007. So, you know, this whole idea of taking care of your house as a form of self-hospitality and then, you know, 2020 hits and everyone's quarantined and people are realizing like, oh my gosh, like these things bother me more than I realized. But here's the thing. They were always bothering you. Right. You just were ignoring them, but you cannot be in your surroundings and not be under their influence. This is why I actually think that understanding what's happening around you is as important, if not more than some of like the meditation and the affirmation and all these practices that we effort to do right. because you sit on the mat, you do it and then you're done. Right. And you hope that that carries through. Meanwhile, you're in a space and it is always talking to you, whether yeah. you choose to engage or not. So you, you, you can't turn that off. So to me, it's worth, figuring out what you want that conversation to sound like. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, there are things that I do. I, I do little videos on Instagram sometimes. And I always say, open that your drapes and your shades in the morning. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're going to be at your home during the day. Turn on your ambient, turn on, not your ambient lighting, turn on your, the mood lighting, you know, yes. just, feel good and have your home part of you rather than, you know, just going, Oh, I'm just, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it's just where I put my head and I'm just like, no, it's where you are building a life. Yeah. And one of, one of my favorite rituals, I, so I told you to be an ambig into rituals is putting my house to bed at night. Okay. So I, when my girls were little, little, I have twins. Um, I could not get anything done during the day. And so like I would have this 15 minutes. This was before I was into feng shui. Um, they were babies, but you know, I would go through and I would tidy up because I knew I needed the house to feel a certain way when I got up the next morning because everything would already be stacked against me, right? Right, right. Yeah. You, you're certainly not getting your hour of you know side no, That did not exist back. In fact, back <laughs> then that hour, do you know what it was? It would get up at 4:30 to go for a run. Like oh. I was just like, I have to have like just some peace and quiet. So wow. anyway, when I got into feng shui, what I realized is that you are the strongest influencer of the energy in your space. Okay. And, you know, I thought, okay, well, then I don't always have to have the fresh flowers. I don't always have to have the fresh fruit. I, don't, I can walk through the house and engage the energy. And this is really important, especially for people who have bigger homes with like guest rooms that they don't use or dining rooms they never sit in or basements, you know, that just sit with all the stuff you can walk through and by tidying up the house and turning on the lights or turning them off, you're tidying up the house's energy too. And so every night I just walk the whole house. I purposely in the morning, turn all the lamps on open, yeah. you know, the same. And then at night there's a reason to go in and turn things off, you know, put the house to bed. Um, and that way, you know, your house will be ready to greet you in the morning. Well, and I, I say, you know, this is what I'm talking about when I say innately, I think a lot of people do no, they don't do it, but I do innately wake my, my home up in the morning. So yeah. 
that I actually say that. And in fact, my husband is now, he has that ritual as well. <laughs> when he wakes up, he's like, he, he opens all the drapes in the shades, turns all the lamps on. And before he would have never done that. But he's like, now, you know, even if I wasn't home, he does it because he's like, it feels so much better. So I love that ritual and the nighttime ritual. And, you know, is there something about not ever going into a space in your home? Like if you have guest bedrooms, does it, do they want to have you come through every once in a while, you know? Well, I mean, if you're, like you're saying, if guests are there or you no, ask, if you just never, I mean, I, I, I have friends that have very large homes and they never like go upstairs ever. And so do you know what's so funny? People will spend a ton of money, um, you know, staging, I'll call it a home. And I say stage because you're not actually using the space. Right it's bad feng shui, you know, and I use that. I don't know good or bad, but if you have a room, it doesn't matter how beautiful it is, right? If it's not being used, if it's not serving you, if it's not part of the conversation, then the energy in there is getting really settled and quiet and very yin, and it's not contributing a lot of life. And so that pulls away from all of your other efforts. And See, so I think that, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so, this is so interesting. This is why I knew this was going to be so fabulous because I kind of thought that, but you know, and I've never heard that spoken yeah. the way you've said it. So that's yeah, I call it the dining room syndrome where you have the dining room and you yeah. never use it and you're like, Oh, something's just off. Yeah. It's worth taking the time to figure out what would make this room more inviting and I if you can't afford a designer or you can't afford, like make the mistakes, you will live, you will be okay. Like put, I have lost square footage in my house from painting walls so many times. <laughs> so funny. I love it. Well, you know what? That's good. I have, what's your, what we're sitting in right now that you're looking at used to be a dining room, right? And that when we bought this house, they had it as a dining room and we're, we are not, I love to entertain, but we are not formal, like sit down, yeah. sit unless it's, unless I'm doing a fancy dinner or something, which I do love to do that. But, um, so we made this into a multi-purpose room. So it's yeah. kind of like our, you know, our TV room, our dining room, but we walk through it and it's so beautiful and I love it. Uh, whereas when it was a dining room, we would never, came, I didn't even want to walk through it. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even want to walk through it. And so now I do. Now we're in here all the time because of the way we, we made it. And that's the thing. Like every part of your house represents some energy in your life. You know, in feng shui, we have the feng shui map. It's known as the bagua. So every area of your house represents something. And so, you know, to you, you're just like, oh, it's a guest room. But what if that guest room is sitting in your love section and it's never getting any TLC from you? Oh, boy. It's probably impacting your relationships and it doesn't have to just be romantic it can be professional it can be your ability to network you know all of those relationships that are really so important to a good life yeah so it is again it's worth taking the time to even just sit back and go okay where do we need extra space maybe we can convert this room you know so for us what we found with our dining room was one no one ever wanted to sit in there and two our girls were always sitting at our kitchen table to do homework and it was right. delaying dinner so we set up a round table in there you know chairs everything and kind of moved them and i'm telling you it has been the saving grace we did this a couple years ago but this year with everyone home 
I mean, now everyone, because we're all home, so my husband has to go to a different space. I'm in the office there. It's been great, right? And that's kind of, with feng shui, it's not transactional. It's not like you do something today so that immediately tomorrow things are better. It is making choices in your house that support your life. And your life isn't just a two span, right? And so really when you make, when you take that time, that's what I'm saying. The return on your investment always comes back. Ah, I love that. I love hearing that and, and just confirming that for everyone because whew, it's such, I mean, it's so important to know all of this. Um, okay. So as um, I, I have a basic idea and I, I think innately some of the things work for for interior design with feng shui, but what are some of the very first things you look for when you go into a client's home for the first time? So I'm paying attention to how I feel when I'm approaching the house. Like I'm noticing neighborhood, I'm noticing front door, I'm noticing, and not for the reasons that people think it is curb reveal, but it's not. Like your front door is what we call in feng shui the mouth of chi. So think of it like your mouth or your nose. This is where you take in oxygen. This is where you take in nutrients, right? Mm-hmm. And your front door is where you take in opportunities and possibilities and luck, anything that you're trying to call into your life. And to do that, you want your front door to be taken care of. You want it to stand out. You want it to represent you well. So I'm always looking at, does this front door suggest that life is thriving here? Does it tell me that life is good here? Um, That's the first thing. The second thing that I look for is, does the home match the personalities of the people who are there? Now, obviously, I don't know clients usually before I come over. Um, I've had maybe one or two conversations, but once they start telling me, oh, I have a teenager, or I have little kids, or my husband works from home, or my wife is, you know, um, studying to get her master, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, is that represented in the home? Like, can I tell a little bit of the story? Um, Because what I find is either the home is perfectly staged, and so it doesn't really reflect the personalities, or there's a lot of and I say clutter loosely, this isn't like a hoarding situation, but where people just have let decisions build up around them. They haven't made decisions about where things go. And that is definitely impacting the quality of life that they're having. So that's something that I look at. So is that Um, like stacked magazines, stacked mail, things like that? Yes. Like, you know, countertops that just, you can't even see the countertop, you know, um, bedrooms where, because it's not a public space, everything is shoved in there. Right. So Uh the bedroom, you know, so many people that homes that I go to, those are the spaces that are deprived of resources the most. People think, well, because no one sees it, I'm not going to spend my time, my effort, my money, um, you know, in that space. And so it's like the exercise equipment. It's the boxes from Amazon. It's the, I'm not going to make the bed. So really important for people to understand if you want to be prioritized in your life, you need to prioritize that bedroom. Yeah. It is that simple. So If you're not going to put yourself first, there is no reason anyone else out there is going to put you first. Wow. 
Well, it's really about holding very clear boundaries if you kind of, you know, sink into it. And mm -hmm. so it's like, if you're not using the exercise equipment out, you know, if the kids got their stuff in there and everyone is so, you know, I have twins, um, you, you need to start instilling rules early, you know, about things, because if we don't teach our kids how to handle their things, then they rely on that stuff for confidence. Like it really, you know, they need to learn how to manage their spaces and have rules and boundaries on it. You know, give us an example of that. What you mean by that? Like everything has a home. So okay. you need to put your things in their home. I don't know where they go. Okay. Let's let me show you where they go. And then reinforcing that and reinforcing that and reinforcing that. Okay. Um, because ultimately what you're teaching is not tidiness. That's like a great byproduct, but you're teaching them how to hold boundaries for themselves so that they can communicate that later in life. You know, that there's an order to things and it's okay to have this separation between play and rest, which later becomes professional and personal, right? So you're instilling that very early on. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's great. Um, so is there something that you notice that a lot of people do that is contrary to, or is kind of fighting feng shui that is consistently a problem? Um, I think that, well, I do think that people rely on things a lot more than they should. So what I mean by that is like right now, um, you know, I'd say over the last couple of years, crystals have become very trendy. You know, people buy like the big geodes or whatever. And they're like, well, I bought this rose quartz or I bought this amethyst because it means. And then they place it somewhere and think that it's just going to do the work for them. Right. Like that kind of sort of shortcutting doesn't yeah. work. Um, um, and it can be beautiful. Like things can be beautiful. But if you don't, if you don't have an intention, if you're not connected, then it's just a thing in your house. And I'm not saying that runs counter to design, but I do know sometimes people will say, well, because that looks good, you know, I did this. And it's like, I want you to go a little bit deeper, right? Like you need to have, like your things need to have a meaning to you. Um, the other thing I'll say that I find is that people will sometimes choose design over like, comfort. Okay. And what I mean by that, um, I'll give you a really good example. So I had a project in LA a while back and this house had a whole wall of windows. Um, but there were a lot of problems in the home and I, I suggested, you know, let's, you know, we were working, it was a whole team. There were you know, designers present, but I was like, let's hang up some, you know, drapes, panels, something that can go off to the side, but so that they can, you know, that the house can go to bed at night, that the house, the windows can blink, you know, then close their eyes and rest. And the designers really didn't want it um, because they felt like it took away. And I understood that. I understand that design concept. Yeah. However, what the clients were going through, there were a lot of problems in the marriage, the kids were really demanding. And what I know from a feng shui perspective is those windows were just allowing so much energy to come in. They were never getting a break. It was like just full exposure on all the time. And because of that, that's why I made the suggestion. And ultimately they ended up choosing to not do the blinds. And, you know, the couple ended up divorcing 
like yeah. a year later, yeah. um, you know, and it was just one of those moments where I'm like, I get you want the pretty, I get you want the perfect, I get you want the Insta worthy picture. Mm -hmm. um, but this is really about what's going to help you. Because again, there's this energy conversation happening around you all the time. And so that's a very specific example. That's not yeah. more generic, but it gives an idea of, you know, what feng shui can offer in terms of that design process and just different considerations. So open windows um, are not always a problem. It's just... No. So they're just energy portals. They're like doors. So if you can think of highways, right? Mm -hmm. So and the larger a window is, the more energy that's coming in. So say someone is off a scene next to a window or even more so like the kids are sitting by big windows while they're trying to do schoolwork. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and you can't get them to pay attention. They keep no. getting distracted. It's like they're just in that pathway of energy, right? Yeah, okay. And so if you put them in a little more um, intimate spot, something that, I mean, natural light is obviously divine, yeah. but like not right in the pathway, then they can rest and relax and pay attention and be focused instead of distracted. And so it's the same thing. Like these, this wall of windows was where the living room was, where the kitchen was. So it's where everyone was and no one was ever getting a break from it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So no, they're not bad. They're not inherently bad, but that's what I mean by sometimes people will choose the design, the pretty over the comfort and the comfort meaning like the things that are going to actually help you manage or heal or, you know, change whatever it is you're looking to improve. Sure. Okay. All right. I was just curious because as, as a designer, I, one of my favorite things is large windows. And so yes, and I love them too. We have them all through the house. They're not, they're not bad. I don't want anyone to think, oh my gosh, doom and gloom, or what does she I, know? I gotta, know? The, I gotta take the windows out, honey. <laughs> no, it's not that at all, but it is, you know, it's one of those things where if you start diving, so let me say it this way so people know how to handle that information. If you dive into feng shui and you start looking at it and you will see here are the do's and here are the don'ts. Right. Or here's what's great, here's what you want to avoid, whatever, however you approach it, whatever world you, you know, sort of wade into. The best next thing to do instead of panicking or worrying is, is that energy true in my life, right? Like, am right. I having that experience? Because if it's not happening to you, then it's not for you. Right. But right. if there's some truth to it, then maybe follow that thread. I guess it's kind of like, um, you know, even like vitamins for people is some people, I, I, some people can take 500 milligrams of magnesium and it not affect them at all. If I take 500 milligrams of magnesium, if I even take 200 milligrams of magnesium, I have nightmares, horrible nightmares. Oh, really? See, yeah. I just have to go to the bathroom a ton. <laughs> oh, well, let's see. That doesn't do it to me, but I, <laughs> now we're learning way too much about each other, but <laughs> But I guess for different people though, things you can't, it's not like a carte blanche where everything works the same way for everyone. Um, and I guess that's why people have to use you and, and get to get to, to use you to help them because it's so specific. It can be. So if you want, it is really specific, it is specific. And that's a good thing. That's a yeah, good thing. Because a good that thing. means that it can really be curtailed and prescribed in a way that is going to genuinely help you. It's not a, like, here's a universal, here's one size fits all or best practices. 
it can be something that really um, comes, you know, can be a helping hand. I love it. Okay. So I like to, I have used this before and I want to make sure that it's right. For, um, sometimes I'll say, uh, use feng shui as a verb. Like, yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> okay, good. So that's okay. All right. So is there something like one thing that people can do to help feng shui their home? Like just one thing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say, I'll give you two things. One is I would definitely go back to that, like make an offering to your house on the weekly, like just start making, um, you know, whether it's buying the flowers or the fresh fruit, or it's opening the windows or, you know, letting the fresh air in, or even just opening the front door to go check the mail because so many people come in through um, a back door, a garage door, like doing those things where you're really engaging your house and you're doing it intentionally and you're acknowledging that you're in this relationship. That over time can be such um, a game changer. So that's one thing I would say. And then the other thing I would tell you is in feng shui, we have areas in the home that are considered power spots and, you know, they, they're all different, but, um, they represent health, wealth, prosperity, well-being, all the things that are important to us. So, you know, take some TLC to the front door, pay attention to what's happening in the kitchen and love up on your bedroom. Those are all for different reasons. Like I just said, important areas in your house. And so when people are like, well, I wouldn't even know where to start, make improvements in those three areas and then notice, like pay attention to those quote unquote coincidences. I love that. Thank you so much for that information. That's great. Great, great, great. Um, okay. So when you said make an offer to your home, you said that every week, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, whatever you can manage, everyone is in different circumstances and, you know, this has been a challenging year for people, but there are little things you can do. So maybe you can't go buy the fresh flowers. Although I tell people like, honestly, baby's breath is three bucks. Yeah. It's beautiful and tiny. It's <laughs> okay. Is it acceptable? Yes. I mean, anything that's Again. fresh because yeah, it's giving off energy. Like those okay. things are high energy. So what what is going to happen when you're steeping in that is you're going to feel a little better. And people discount, I think because of our instant gratification culture, discount what a little better can do. It's sort of like a nap in the middle of the day. It can it can totally Change give you life. for the rest. Yes, it can get can get you through. It just gets you through. It's the same thing. And when you make those little energy enhancers company in your home, yeah, you start to notice feeling different. I have been doing this for so long. I can tell you that when we go on vacation or maybe like the, at the beginning um, of COVID, the flower shops just didn't have a lot in because of shipping Fine. delays and that kind of stuff. You notice a difference. If you yeah. have flowers in your home all the time and then all of a sudden there is a, you know, yeah. a dry spell you feel it. And yes. I'm saying that because I think people go, Oh, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Or oh. they're just going to die. It really does change because think about it. Mm -hmm. You go in and you think, here's what you're really saying to yourself. I deserve this. Yes. And my home deserves it. Yes. And then that's the energy that you walk out into the world with. Like you're a little bit taller, you know, your shoulders are a little more squared up. Like I deserve this. You're treating yourself. You're treating your home. It's a win-win. I love it. I have fresh flowers every week. Um, and it's usually eucalyptus 
I um, love you. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes if I can get tulips, but they don't live long enough and you know, we can't have anything dead, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get rid of the dead flowers. If you have, okay. Dried plants. Is that, is dried are those so yeah so it's a sliding scale so what i tell people is to try to think of things in terms of like you know biggest amount of energy you can possibly get and no energy and okay. so here's my take on dried flowers they're not giving you any of the wind that fresh flowers are so if you're like well i have dried flowers and that is your like substitution for fresh flowers it doesn't work okay However, good However, I agree if with that. <laughs> you have like a beautiful bouquet from a wedding or something yeah. and you want to hold on to it because you love it so much, then that is the energy exchange happening. However, Absolutely. with dried flowers, you have to be careful about the dust mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that the minute you stop getting through that buzz off of them, you let them go. I, I'm so glad I asked that question because it's that it, it jobs with me. Everything you're saying, just, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I never thought about this, but you said people don't go through their front door. We use our front door all the time, but, but you know, it's, but I know people who don't yeah. because they just always go through their garage. And that is huge to me because when you see, when you drive by a home, you can usually tell if they use their front door or not. Yeah. So I love that. And that's, that is wonderful information. And I've never heard that. See, I told yeah, you. And it's a simple ritual, right? Like it is. even just livening it up. Yes. Yes. All, you know, here's, so years and years and years ago, I submitted a, an article to Mind Body Green. It was on sweeping because one of the things I found myself saying to um, clients was when you don't know what else to do, just go sweep. Okay. And it went viral. Like the thing was crazy. Um, and I think the reason that it resonated so strongly is one, I think that those rituals are in our DNA. I mean, you keep saying you feel things innately. Yes. I think feng shui is in people's DNA. I mean, yes. something that's been around for thousands of years is going to show up, you know, Absolutely. in the ways that we home all the time. Yes. And sweeping is still around most of the world, such a common practice. Just here, we're like, can I get the leaf blower? Can I okay, just- you're, you're gonna laugh. I thought you meant, I thought you said just go sleep. Oh no. Like S-L-E-E-P, that's funny. Oh. You're yeah. saying sweep, but I think probably taking a nap if your energy is bad might not be a bad idea, but sweep, S-W-E-E-P, hilarious, yes. I love it. I sweep. love that. Yes. Sweet. And yeah. sweeping, it is really this whole out with the old and with the new. So I would yeah. tell people, so you know how you were saying your husband, um, like goes and opens blinds or, yeah. you know, like the windows and turns the lights on when I was, you know, starting to share feng shui more professionally in that I would tell people sweep. And now my husband, like once a week sweeps the garage. Like he's it. always out there yeah. sweeping because it does make a difference and it sounds OCD, but actually it has nothing to do with that. What you're doing is setting intentions. Yes. You're clearing out the Love space it. so that you're available to refreshments. Yes. You're clearing out anytime you're, anytime you clear out and like you, it's sometimes it's just clearing your mind too. I mean, I, we don't, um, my husband ha said it when he got to a certain point in his life, he wasn't going to mow his own yard. Um, because it's not something he enjoys, but he does recognize that when you 
you get instant gratification from mowing your yard because you see immediately how beautiful it looks. Yeah. And so it's, um, I think that that's probably the same idea with sweeping is you're clearing out, you're cleaning, you get instant gratification, you get that sense of accomplishment, all of that good stuff that comes with. Yeah. And you're in, you're in a meditation, you're in a moving meditation because okay. you're out with the old and with the new. What is it that I'm welcoming into my life? What is it I'm calling into my life? What is it I want to attract? Yeah. And it doesn't take very long, especially if you do it with some consistency, right? It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's, it does. It, it does. It kind of gets into be a habit and then you don't even need it, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I have a question that I ask a lot of people about happiness because I think wildly successful lifestyles, it has to include being happy. Um, I want to ask you what makes you happy, but also how can feng shui, um, in the most way affect the happiness of a home? Cause I know that homes have, we just like we've covered has energy. I think that if you live with what you love, yeah. So what you choose to surround yourself with, whether that is the physicality, whether that is who you invite in your home, um, you know, you can, you can stretch that however you want. When you effort to live with what you love, um, that is probably the, you know, love is, love is going to win all the races, right? Like it's right. The, the, it's the energy and the vibe that everyone chases that they want. And that feels so satiating when you have it. Yeah. And so when you look at your space with that filter, like that's where you get into that, that happiness zone. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, I guess what makes me happy, I mean, hot coffee is really high on that list. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. You are the first person that's actually confessed that as the truth. And I love it because that first sip of coffee to me is heaven. It is. It, like, <laughs> I'm like, we were just having this conversation the other day. Like if you had to give up coffee or wine, what would you give up? And I'm like the wine. Like yeah, I can't imagine too. starting a day without having that hot, that exactly that first cup transcendent. <laughs> it's comfort. It's comfort. And it's, it's, I, it's, actually I've read that it's healthy. So <laughs> yes, if it, it, yes, if you love it, it is. <laughs> so I'm just going to add this. Um, be, and because I, I say this a lot because I love everyone that I interview so much. That's why I'm interviewing them. I could talk to you for 45 hours about this, but living with what you love. Um, so many people, and this is just a real quick side note, get in, get pieces from their family. Okay. And I know it's like, they don't love it, but it's grandmothers. You know, I, I actually have some of my favorite pieces in my home are from my grandma because she had spectacular taste. And I have an old buggy bench that my grandfather made from an old horse and buggy. So things like that, that are yeah. wonderful. And I, <laughs> I love them so much, but I do have clients that have pieces from family members that they dislike, but they're like, well, I have to keep it. Mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on that? Is that another thing that's like, no, it's not. I actually think all of those things fall under clutter. And, and I say clutter, I know clutter has a very, like we get a certain image in our minds when we hear that, but clutter right. can be, you know, the beautiful things that are left over from the marriage that didn't work. So just right. understand like it is, it, 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 it's a big umbrella. Um, the things aren't what hold the meaning. 
themselves. It's, it's your memory around it, right? Like that thing isn't going. So it's hard, but you have to ask yourself. And again, a great question for everything in your home. What is that first hit I get off this? Because that is the energy contribution it is making. Got it. Um, And if you have one or two things that you feel like, gosh, I'd like to get rid of, but I know it means so much. And so I'm going to hope that might be okay. But I was talking to someone not too long ago who lived in her parents' home. They no longer were there. um, And it's filled with all of their stuff. And Mm -hmm. she was just like, like, I, I'm having a hard time. Like, I don't even know what to it wasn't that she was having a hard time. It was just that she was trying to walk in someone else's shoes. She was assuming other people's patterns and choices because that's what happens when you have all of that around the energy that has been that they put into that you don't know what that energy what lives there yeah and so to me it goes to you know i've walked people through who've been through divorces do i hold on to my wedding album you know what do i do and it's like what is that hit of energy now I don't ever suggest making choices right after something's happened. You need to give yourself, you know, an adjustment period, whether that's grieving or, um, you know, not having strong feelings of animosity or, you know, whatever it is for whatever situation. But once enough time has gone by and you'll know because it starts nagging you, um, you have to say, okay, what's that hit? And then, you know, if there's someone alive that it means something to you, because so many times we run out our space, we hold on to things for other people. So my suggestion is let them know. Valid. <laughs> yes. Like, hey, your stuff is here. I'm totally happy to, you know, have someone come pick it up and move it on to its next life. Yeah. Um, or you can come get it. Here's what I will say. When people don't want to use things and the sentimentality is like low, yeah, you're robbing that thing of its best life too. Again, everything is energy and everything's connected. I, and bringing that everything is always changing. It is okay to pass something else on to a home that would love or appreciate or need it, yeah. knowing that that usage and that, you know, being able to be incorporated into someone's life is going to give it a higher energy impact, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're just letting absolutely. it sit there and collect dust, you know, out of obligation when in fact it could be having its best life and you're just standing in the way. Right. And you, and you think you're doing something good and you're not, um, that is a good point that you're, we're renting out our space. Uh, and, and here's, here's, I'm going to, add something to that and you tell me what you think. Um, a lot of times, you know, parents will keep their stuff, the kids stuff or, you know, or your friends like, Hey, can you keep this? Shouldn't you put a timeline? Like I know my husband, um, will say my little sister lived with us for a while and, and we loved that. We enjoyed it. And after she left, there were some things left. Mm -hmm. And, and so we were like, okay, you got to come get this. And finally he was like, okay, if by Tuesday, it's not gone. And she knows him if it's Tuesday, it's going. And don't you think that they should say, okay, here's this deal. If you're, if you don't come get it by Tuesday, it means it's not important to you enough. Yes. And we're going to let it move on to its new home. Yeah. I listen, when people say I'm going to get to that later, I'm like, stop right there. Okay. Give me a date. There, there you go. Give me a date because later means you have no intention. A date is an intention. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing too, is it comes back to boundaries. 
you know, and you're right. Like if it's not important enough for someone to come get it, then why should it be taking up space? I mean, it's not even aligned with your energy. Why should it be taking up, you know, homes are our sacred space. Yeah. So again, I'm here for people being really picky about who and what comes into them. Um, Because you get to go out in the world and you don't get that quote unquote control. You know, you have to mix with everything. Your home should be your refuge. Absolutely. 100%. I love that. Ah, okay. This has been so, so good. And I, I'm so excited about this. Good. Um, your book, simple shui for every day. Um, I love the idea of that. So tell us just enough to get us interested so that everyone goes out and reads it. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Just so it's 365 prompts, one for every day of the year. You do not have to do it every day of the year. But I, really what I wanted was when I came to Feng Shui, it felt like all the books gave the basics. And then there was just an amount of complexity that would stop you cold, right? Yes. And so I have like 15 of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so people felt overwhelmed and they were confused and they were like, I don't know. And then you have, you know, other spaces that are like, this is good Feng Shui and no, there's not really any context and it's not. But my book, what I decided was I want people to start where everyone should, which is with the basics, the simple things, things that feel user-friendly, inviting, engaging, and easy enough to do that you're like, okay, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yeah. And small enough that, you know, you don't feel well, nothing happened, you know, you don't feel like you exerted all this effort and because that transactional thinking is really hard to, you know, remove ourselves from, but that over time at the end of January or the middle of the year, you can look back and you're like, you know what? It does feel different around here. You know, you can notice a difference in people's moods in the conversations happening in the things that are happening in your life. So bite-sized ways to just, you know, wade into feng shui. So good. I I encourage everyone. I can't wait to get it. Um, because it's, I think that that's probably, if you do, like you said, the little things, even your kids, it makes a difference for them. And that, that's what you don't realize is that it's innate and your kids can be better because of this. So go get simple shui for every day. Um, and I will put that in the show notes. And also how do they work with you? Cause you also help people one-on-one as well. I do. So I have a couple different ways. The first thing I would say is go to my Instagram. That's at Amanda Gibby Peters. That's G-I-B-B-Y Peters um, at Instagram. That's really a great way to sort of feast on, you know, my approach to feng shui and to get really great takeaways, things that you can do. Um, It's the space I think that I'm the most generous. You can go to my site as well. I mean, a blog that's been there since 2007. So for people who really want free resource, those are the two best places. Your blog is really good. Your blog is really good. Everybody go look at that because it's really good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So those two things. And then in terms of working with me, there are a couple different ways. One, yes, you can do a one-on-one consult and I'm switching it for um, 2021. I'm going to be working with people over a period of time because it's really easy for me to dispense a lot of information. It takes a minute to digest. And so I've switched it up so no one feels that they have to hurry and do anything. They can metabolize the information. And so it's a little more of a process, but it's 
definitely one that works for the clients because I've been doing this for so long and, and it's very, um, it's very favorable. So nice. that you want to do one-on-one. The other thing that I've just launched is a group consult where people are like, I'm not ready for that kind of investment. So it's a classroom where I teach you how I do a consult and then you do it in your house and it's over six weeks and I teach I tell you what to do and then you come back and report to me and we have conversations and then you get another lesson and it's a great way for people to start to see their house through a feng shui perspective and really get that hands-on understanding why they're doing it instead of just getting the suggestions um, and then also getting that validation of like I did this and this happened so yeah those are those are the ways you can work with me okay so I will put all of that in the show notes so that people will be able to access that as well. Awesome. This has been so much fun. So, so much good information that you shared with us today. I appreciate that so much. Um, Oh, you're so welcome. I appreciate the questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will um, look forward to your Instagram. I can't wait to read your book, all this good stuff. I appreciate you. And this has been fun and I appreciate you just coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Heidi. All right. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.